You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. I think uh, I want to do an anime movie. I don't know if I mentioned this last episode. Mm-hmm. I want to do a, a live action movie based on an anime <laughs> once a month. And you know, when you said that, I was like, I don't think there are that many. But when you start looking at them, yeah. you start counting them up over the years. And There's a lot. We still got more coming. We got Akira on the way, apparently. Uh-huh. Although I was, I could, Akira. I, Akira. Akira. I couldn't uh, figure out if that had been canceled or not. Doesn't seem to be on IMDb anymore. It's it seems like it's kind of like in production limbo. It's one of those perpetual ones that oh we've been we're going to do a remake yeah ever since 1996. I mean speaking of <laughs> the movie oh. that we're talking about tonight, it's a good point. Is one of those. But before we get to that, oh. what are you playing? What <laughs> new regular segment here? Do, now, yeah, the, the editing bay. Yes, a, a podcast about movies. Yeah, I'm sorry, you don't play video like games. I guess. First I guess the guy who's minutes. wearing Dirk the Daring on his T-shirt <laughs> doesn't play video hey, games. Hey man, I paid my. I'm f- sorry, I didn't mean to spread this out to something that wasn't within your realm of interest. <laughs> I uh, let's talk about taxes. I paid my fifteen tax season fifteen dollars on Kickstarter for this shirt. And yeah, this is the one and you got a button. I've you gotten got, out of. It. I do have the little lapel too. pin. That's right, Dirk the Daring lapel pin. Cool for the. So you're just a poser. I guess we'll never see. Play video games. <laughs> did you download it on the Switch? You know, I did. What? Uh, Dragon's Lair? No, I haven't done that. What a fucking I fake already, ass fan. I already. But bullshit. I, I'm such a fan that I already had the DVDs that I have ripped and now have encoded in little. Who'd you uh, rip from? Video. Fu- oh, that's right. <laughs> who run Border Town? <laughs> who run Border Town? <laughs> master Blaster. I'm the one who knocks. Except I would be Master Beta. <laughs> <laughs> Same hair, though. Dude. So I watched, um, you ever see Happy Time Murders? Wait, you asked me what game Did, I was playing. Well, you, you fucking, fucking... You, you beat around the bush. It takes you too long to answer the question. Well, Joe. Fuck you, you're in timeout. I usually... What are you uh, playing? I usually uh, take this moment to say, oh, I'm still playing Breath of the Wild, as, I, as we have been for yeah. the last year and a half. And we are still playing Breath of the Wild, but we're now in a post-Ganon world. Now, finally beat it. Over the weekend. Did you, was that not the most cinematic boss battle it's, at the end of that game? You know, when you and I first started talking about this game, you had said, uh, it's, it's a great game, I love it, don't get me wrong, it's just not a Zelda game. Uh-huh. And having gone all the way through, at least the uh, the story portion of the, the game, I, I I take umbrage with that. I, I think it's the the ultimate Zelda game. I, I think, think it's definitely more of a like, really an Elder Scrolls game than it is it, a Zelda well, game. Well, you say that, but if you go back and play Ocarina of Time, and I, I kind of uh, voyeuristically was able to do that oh, through my wife Go back uh, and last play year. Ocarina of Time. <laughs> well, see, you know I've tried to play that game like three times, and I get stuck I in the same spot every time. That's true. It's like once I go to sleep in the Temple of Time, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. I'm going to take a break from this game for a little bit, and then I'll come back to it. And every time I come back to it, I'm like, Where what am the I? fuck was I doing? What happened? Yeah, you can't. that is one of those games you uh, can't let a month go. Yeah. Uh, you'll forget where you are. Uh, but if you if you go back and look at it as a direct sequel to Ocarina of Time, which it's kind of trying to be, uh, it is. It just takes all is all it? of the elements that were there is it um, though? in have Breath you, of the Wild. Have you traversed the fucking timelines of all the Zelda games and where they You know fit? what? The reason that... It is the most convoluted fucking practice. I, I was watching a video on that the other day, Holy still trying to piece shit. together. I'm like, all right, none of this makes sense. But that's the whole reason why Nintendo... Uh, there's some stuff that they've said, yeah, this comes afterwards. But they're very, you won't be able to like pin them down as to a definitive timeline, at least 
as far as where Breath of the Wild fits in. And I think that's on purpose. They want to get away from having to figure out, oh, all right, we've painted ourselves into a corner now. Which uh-huh. Where does this next Zelda? Well, it can't be in the past. It can't be in the future. Well, there's a link to it, though. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. Going click, back and playing that game, it's not, even about, uh, yeah. it's not even about time travel. There's no past in that. There's an alternate universe. Well, it's, it, it's future it's a, and past. It's a link to basically to Ganon, the past yeah, battle, yeah, yeah. that, yeah, that yeah. war. That's a stretch. It's but, in uh, the opening fucking monologue, <laughs> like millions of years ago, and the the in Ganon, the Breath of Ganon. All of the Zelda games start off that way. They could all have passed in the title no, by that don't. rationale. They actually don't. They, they, they all, well, all no, that's that's true. Majora's uh, Mask. You know not. what? The uh, I think part of what you're saying is true. I'm going to give you a little bit of. Uh, I'll, I'll concede the point to you a little. Thank bit. Thank you. Thank you. Because Breath of the Wild was the first Zelda 3D Zelda game I've I've finished. Yeah. You know, I, I've only played and finished the 2D ones. Uh, and that includes, like, the original Zelda. Zelda 2. Zelda Link to the Past. A Link Between Worlds. Link's Awakening. Yeah. Like, You've uh, done all the Game the Boy mini- ones, the too, The Minish right? Cap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I never got into those. Oracle of Seasons. Oracle of Ages. Mm. I've finished all those. Um, and even, like, Spirit Tracks and Phantom Hourglass. Those are great games. None of them felt like... Uh, Breath of the Wild, and so that's where True. I'm coming from. Where it's like it didn't really feel like a Zelda game, not so much the the perspective, but just kind of like the cadence. Zelda games, especially those 2D ones, kind of have a certain cadence to them. Absolutely, and this one breaks that. And so I guess Ocarina of Time follows along a, a same kind of. It um, is. It's, it's Ocarina a pentameter of time. that this one does. It's Ocarina of Time 2.0, um, uh-huh. and all of the things that were present there that that made Ocarina of Time what it is. Yeah. They've they've been trying to perfect with those subsequent 3D sequels and. You mentioned that you know you played all the TD games and this one doesn't feel like a Zelda game. They've kind of branched off, and I kind of like that they've decided that well we don't have to keep doing the next version of the same game. We can try different things. We can do different art styles. As sure. They did with Wind Waker, which uh, people hated at the time, but now it's looked upon as uh, one of the best classic. Uh-huh. Yeah. And looks like what they're doing again with the uh, you see the announced for Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening, it which was only like on Game Boy. It's going to be. It looks like it's going to be like a Link. Between worlds, yeah, yeah, kind of that top-down uh-huh. three-quarter uh, view, and uh, that's fine. And and it's cartoony looking, and it's kind of uh, got that childish uh, art Gambino. style. Oh, that's that's right. <laughs> um, so I, I like that they're each one can can be its own thing. Sure. And damn, I have dreams about Breath of the Wild. Like, Jen so and you I wake got, up on the you, weekend. You defeated. You got all the legendary beasts. We did all four of the divine Dude, beasts. Those and, are uh, fucking sweet. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, just Great the, dungeons. The mechanics that go into those dungeons mm-hmm. is just amazing. But dude, that fight, you didn't answer my question. That fight with <laughs> Ganon at the end. Yeah. Is that not the most cinematic fucking boss battle you've ever taken Absolutely. part in? Absolutely. And, and, which is why I was bringing it back to Ocarina of Time because for me, that final battle had kind of been like the, uh, that's the one you look up to, the one that they've been trying to emulate. Uh, and this one, yeah, just like, again, Takes everything from Ocarina and turns it up, and they have riding around on horseback trying to hit those sure. last few marks. Oh yeah, I was not expecting that, and what a great way to yeah, just uh, just give me chills. Uh huh. Have you done the Master Sword trial? No, fuck no. <laughs> Saw a video about that, and I am not interested in no? that. I don't okay. uh, enjoy self-flagellation. <laughs> um, you don't like to fart? <laughs> self-flagellation. <laughs> Um, Dude, it is tough. Not a sadist. As someone who has completed it, yeah. it is fucking tough, and it is a feather in my video gaming cap that yeah. I'm like, I fucking I did that shit. I get it. Uh, have you done the uh, the motorcycle? I do want to do the other DLC, though. No, yeah. I, I've, I've been struggling with my uh, uh, Nintendo ID account and trying to get it linked to the... Uh, linked? <laughs> linked. Uh-huh. Um, it doesn't have anything to do with you guys being a part of my it, family it group. It might. It oh, might now. No. <laughs> it's okay. There's a, I can get around it. There's a way to get around it, but... Uh, 
haven't been able to download that yet. Oh, but that shit. is next on the agenda. Okay. Well, if I need to drop you guys and then bring you back on or something, just let me know. I appreciate that, but uh, I don't want to lose access to all those awesome NES well, games. Well, I don't think you sh- you so won't kind enough. you won't lose access because yeah. I'll just add you back to the family. I may have to like sign out and, and sign in again. Okay, yeah, just let me know. Thanks, bud. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm still working on Alundra, and like you saw before we started recording, uh, dude. Seriously, like that that game is like taking up a whole lot no, of my fucking. I time. laugh because every time you say that, I expect my Amazon Echo to like go off in the corner. <laughs> like, Alundra, yes, what can I help you with, <laughs> Alejandro? Okay. <laughs> um... <laughs> No, and before we started, I, I'm mm. on like the final two levels of New Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, United, you are, and uh, it is fucking tough as shit. This, yeah, they're not making like, it easy. No, and you were you weren't kidding. Like I thought that the difficulty like ramped up between like uh, Candy Rock Mountain or whatever and Meringue Falls or Meringue Clouds. Oh yeah, like to going into Peach's Castle is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, they make you work for it. Like, I sit there and go, this is... Like, you have to be, like, those fucking ridiculous players uh, that are playing, like, Mario Maker. Have you seen oh them go God. through that shit I, where they learn how to, like, carry a shell and throw it and then bounce off on of it, it or something? Jump on it in midair and, like, and just, like... I yes. can't. I can't do that. That shouldn't be possible within the game mechanics, and yet uh, they've kind of hacked it. They, they figure that shit mm-hmm. out. Uh, props to Pangea Penga. Who's that? He's one of the guys that... He's probably one of the best that creates the levels designs of Mario him, Maker. Yeah. He designs his own games and then like people play it on, yeah. uh, on, on Twitch. like a lot of the speedrunners and stuff on Twitch. Yeah. Uh, it's insane, but I'll I'll never be able to pull that off. No, uh, nor do I want to. I am super fucking looking forward to... They just announced three Final Fantasy games hitting the Switch. Yeah, man. It's Final Fantasy VII Seven, is getting ready to come out. Nine. Uh, nine and 12. Mm-hmm. The, the, the best ones, people say, well, Actually, right? no. Uh, nine's already out. Seven... 10 and 10 2 and 12. That's what it is. Uh, <laughs> 10 2. <laughs> 10 2. Uh, it's the one uh, where it's like Charlie's Angels. What are we, iPhones now? It's, yeah, man. It's Final Fantasy IS. Dude, they've been doing that shit for a while. 7S. Uh, they've also announced uh, classic Resident Evil games coming to the Switch. Dude, uh, Resident Evil 4, which I've never completed. Yeah. I, I've, it, I, it's sitting out over there next to my Wii. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now I'm, I think I'm just going to have to wait and play it on Switch, right? Yeah, With dude. The updated graphics. I feel like that might be a good idea. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of good stuff. They're, they've also released a new Toe Jam and Earl game. On the Switch. I saw I might have to pick that shit up. I was never a big fan of the first ones. I like the character designs and the idea, but like many Sega Genesis games... There's a lot uh, of weird, like, scavenger hunting. Look good still photos, but uh, not, not fun gameplay. When they put them in commercials, like, the new Toe Jam and Earl! Yeah, it's not your dad's video games. <laughs> uh, uh, there's a lot of slime and boogers. <laughs> uh, I saw Happy Time Murders. I was mentioning that a little bit earlier. I don't know. That's the... Uh, Brian Henson oh, ended yeah. up making, like, an adult-style, like... Yeah. Dramedy, R rated Muppet movie with yeah. Melissa McCarthy, correct? Did you, did you see that? Uh, I was interested in it uh-huh. and then uh, heard reviews about it and I was like, mm, I can't see. I, I, I root only for success for the, the Jim Henson folks, yeah. his, uh, his children, and the, the company as a whole. Um, and so I, I didn't want to subject myself to right. what is being considered a failure. I think that it probably would have been a little bit more wise for them to wait and get a, a, a more polished script in place for something like this. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's it's got some it's got some definite funny parts to it. Like there, you'll have some hearty laughs, but it doesn't make up for like the hour and a half that you kind of sit there stone faced watching. The oh movie. no, that's too bad. Yeah, it's, it's hard to do with Melissa McCarthy starring in your film too. Well, not only that, but you got Maya Rudolph that plays in it. Oh, does she? She's, have a, she's a fun character. She's everywhere, man. Elizabeth Banks is in it. What? Uh, yeah, Joel McHale. No way. There's a lot of funny performers. There's just not a whole lot of funny moments. Like it's just. Too bad. It's funny seeing like Muppets living in the real world with humans. Yeah, it's like the Roger Rabbit of uh, it, it, Muppets, right? It tries to be the Roger Rabbit of right. Muppets. 
Uh, and there's something funny about the shock value of watching Muppets get murdered <laughs> in the first like 10 minutes. And have sex. But then you kind of get over it quickly. You're oh, like, really? all right, dude, I sat through the South Park movie. Like, yeah. That it, was actually a good script. It that feels used their very stuff. South Parky. Yeah. Um, so that's about it, uh, other than this fucking movie <laughs> that you made us Which watch. Which I was apologizing in advance. I didn't realize how long this film was. Yeah, dude. I remember it feeling long, and um, partially because it has a two and a half hour runtime. Um, and at, at an hour 45, this movie feels like it's gone on way too long. At an hour 45, it's like, this movie should be almost over. Yeah, dude. And I'm looking at the time. How are they going to squeeze another... <laughs> Still an hour of footage. I thought maybe I had gotten the extended edition where there was like a, a making of featurette no, at man. the end of the film. But you no, got the film. They finally, <laughs> you just got the bare did bones movie. find a way because... Um, so I was reading about... Superman Returns, which uh-huh. is the uh, f- film we're reviewing this week on the Editing Man. <laughs> on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. My Joel. This is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes a good movie, sometimes bad movies. No matter what the case, every week we watch a movie and try not to panic when we get into the intro section. <laughs> I, was, I didn't want to, uh, <laughs> you, I didn't mean to like, lead into that. I didn't understand what was going on. That, like you went really fast. I didn't, like, because <laughs> I didn't mean to lead into it, but I realized my train of thought was uh, that we hadn't done the intro. Yeah, And that okay. this was a perfect way. Sometimes and then I felt a- like I was Stealing your sometimes your it's okay show. if we divert yeah. from the formula. Should I just do it? Sometimes it's okay, man. I didn't want to do it. I feel like I'm taking no, that away from all you. Right. You're so good at it. If we subvert expectations a little bit, <laughs> just like it's okay, Ryan just, Johnson. Uh, yeah, just like Rain Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now this is where we come to talk about movies. Uh, uh, every week we will watch a film and then come back here and talk about it with each other. With you, our lovely Editing Bay listeners, please take part in the discussion. Go to Facebook.com slash Editing Bay or in the little search bar there on uh, Facebook, put in The Editing Bay, find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes, click on that, and that's where you can talk back to us and be a part of our community. Um, I say as if Joel and I are really active on it, but we're really not. We're kind of the worst. We're the worst podcast. Like, if we wanted this podcast to be popular, right. we do under the bare minimum. We barely hit the minimum. We technically to do have that. a podcast that shows up on iTunes. We tease shit that we'll put on the page Someday. that we never do. Maybe. Remember that photo I took of Brundage with his beef jerky from our Ravenous <laughs> yes. episode? Still never made Still it on the Facebook did. page. Sorry, guys. Did Someday. you, did you but, ever but, send What's-His-Name his prize, the signed DVD? It's in the trunk of my car. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And he still like writes us, and he's like, great job, guys. I'm like, well, that's why I procrastinate. Every, because he has every reason in the world to give us the BMF. Michael Daly. Be like, fuck off. Michael Daly, if you uh, threatened to stop listening, your shit would be in the mail like tomorrow. <laughs> but as it stands, you're so nice and accommodating that... Uh, I do what I do with all this. Nice guy, super encouraging. He's like, I love what you guys are doing. Watch this movie next. He records reviews like, for us, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were like, Sorry, Yeah, we buddy. still have your shit. Yeah. I'm going to sell it on eBay. <laughs> Just kidding. It's, uh, it, will, it will come to you someday. When I die, it'll be left to you in my if will. If I die, <laughs> I may not go to te- was Texas or heaven. But, uh, I don't know. It's that the song. same thing. Trick question. That's right. <laughs> Happy Texas Independence Day, bitch. But if you ever do post that on our two, Facebook two, page, that was, wasn't it? Yeah. Remember the Alamo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the stars at night are big and bright. Deep, deep in, in the heart of Texas. That's a test. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You passed. Uh, yeah, I guess you've been in Texas long enough, right? You got yeah. your card and everything. You I got, yeah, I do. Song? It's called my driver's license. <laughs> I have my card. Oh, dude, by the way, uh, mm. R.I.P. Luke Perry. Yeah. I loved him in Friends. That's... Um, <laughs> oh, man. How tragic and sudden and sad and, and um, 
so many emotions. Fifty two isn't a far That's cry young, from where we are. Yeah, we're really close. And, and a, I'm in probably worse shape than right. He, you're not supposed to. Agree no, no, that. I'm there with you. Like, there's <laughs> no way what, either of it's us. It's offensive when you say it. We're half of a Luke Perry um, <laughs> coming into this combined. We were not we're even. A, we're a looper. A, uh, <laughs> 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 we're a Karee. Uh, but Karee. <laughs> Yeah, dude, Luke Perry. Oh, it's so sad, man, because that, that could happen to anybody. Just like random stroke. That it, it well, was I mean, like did he have nine like, a.m. in the morning? Did he have a lot of? <laughs> I love that Matchbox Twenty song. <laughs> it's nine a.m. in the morning. I must be stroking. <laughs> oh God! And you said maybe. Oh no! <laughs> what? What? Call nine one one. I think <laughs> I'm stroking. <laughs> Cut this part out. This is hor- we're, this is why we're going to hell. We ain't gonna wash away and not believe in. Oh man, yo, rest in peace, Luke Perry. Yeah, dude. So, I mean, did he have a history of like drug use and stuff? No, this was just. No, I don't think so. Shit. I mean, you have to assume that uh, somebody who grows up in Hollywood maybe had some experimentation, but that's yeah. not something he was known for. He was uh, he was on fucking Riverdale for crying out. So was he on Riverdale? Or was that career. Jason Priestley? No, that was him. Yeah. That was him. Mm-hmm. Shit. Yeah, that's a shame, man. Luke Perry. It was really a shame. Uh, okay. All right, so Luke Perry, rest in peace, sir. Yeah. Uh, so Are we going to do a, an episode commemorating him? Talking about what? We did, uh, fucking Buffy We've the Vampire We've already talked about Slayer? the fifth element. We didn't already talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer? No. I don't really want to talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right, fair enough. Maybe we will, okay. because the, the Pocket Sandwich Theater is doing their, uh, their, their uh, show based... Okay, well, before you do that and roll your eyes, <laughs> friend of show Matt Doden is ADing this show. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> My eye roll comes from your self-imposed rule that we that no two media can be covering the same film at the same time. Why? Why? You know how many people... No, what I'm saying, I was bringing that up, is that we could have someone from the show on to talk oh, about Oh, it. that'd be great. Matt Doden... <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> maybe, maybe before you roll your fucking eyes, you listen to what the fuck I'm going to say. I know where you were going with it. Yeah, okay. Apparently I didn't. So, uh, That'd be great. <laughs> we are talking about another franchise mm. that I mentioned earlier was in production hell. They kind of started and stopped, started and stopped, started and stopped yeah. until eventually in 2006, we got the return of Superman. That's right. Um, Originally, it was going to be a Kevin Smith penned script. Yeah. He had a draft in there, and it was going to be Not just Kevin by. Smith penned, but also directed by. Mm. Oh, I thought... He was going to direct it as well. I had read that the, that Tim Burton was going to direct it. That they were they were willing to give him the script, oh, yeah, but that's uh, right. not the directing range. That's right, because then McGee was going to direct it after Tim Burton left the project. That's right. And uh, Nicolas Cage was going to be our Superman. Yeah. Which I would have liked to have seen. What you did? You saw the picture that was floating around the internet of him wearing that dark suit, the dark blue with the red blood. What red a cape. horrible choice! Yeah, well, let's talk about Tim someone, Burton, who, someone who doesn't look like Superman. You just you should be glad he didn't look like Jack Skellington with like or, or black Johnny and white Depp. stripes. Yeah. Uh, oh, that would have been. Uh, yeah. Why was Johnny Depp not going to be his Superman? Because Johnny Depp was probably going to be his Lex Luthor. <gasps> yeah. Oh, interesting. I still maintain that Johnny Depp would be the the best fucking Riddler in a Batman movie. That would he been would be good. he'd be really fucking good. I remember. I've them. told you about my idea for that, like what the Dark Knight Rises should have been with the Riddler with instead. the Riddler instead. That'd yeah, they would have been fucking great. Um, all right, so Superman Returns, directed mm-hmm. by Brian Singer, <laughs> who jumped ship from X Men Three. He jumped ship from the X Men franchise. That's right. To do this movie, and then ironically, Brett Ratner. Who Brian Singer stole the X Men job from? <laughs> I read that was brought back to do X Men Three. Wow, he must be so pissed. Which fucking just was, riding his coattails, horrible, and man. that everybody hates him was for making Brett Ratner. Yes, and everyone hates Brian Singer. Well, for I different mean, reasons. For different reasons. <laughs> Brett Ratner, you know, made horrible movies and uh, sexually assaulted women. That's right. Whereas Brian Singer made pretty 
good movies, but sexually, sexually assaulted, assaulted young boys. boys. So it's Man. six and one half dozen than the other. <laughs> and it is. Where do you come down on that scale? Um, so Brian Singer also directed at Pupil, The Usual Suspects. We talked about the X-Men movies. One and two. Uh, and Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, that's right. You won't see that on any of the marketing. No, you won't. Or the Oscars. The uh, The budget for this movie, $204 million. That sounds about right for a big budget Tentpole summer blockbuster. Oh sure, box office three hundred ninety one million. Yeah, that sounds about right as mm-hmm. well. This was a big hit back. It, in the, it was. Uh, it was. It was the huge. Aughts. It was huge. Uh, other movies that were released in two thousand six. Yes, Children of Men. Oh, great one. The Departed. Also great. Apocalypto. Mm. Little Miss Sunshine. Ugh. Pan's Labyrinth. Ooh. Casino Royale. Huh. Babel. The Illusionist. Blood Diamond. Borat. The Da Vinci Code. Pirates of the Caribbean. Dead Man's Chest. Cars Inside Man, which I think is Spike Lee's best film. Hmm. Uh, the Fountain. I know we both like Ooh, that one. I like that one. Letters from Iwo Jima and Flags of Our Fathers. Oh, yeah. X-Men The Last Stand. Dreamgirls. Mission Impossible 3. And a movie we've talked about previously, The Prestige. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. 2006. So Not the, as strong of a year as some of the... Our... No, but still some winners in there. Yeah. I mean, Children of Men. That's wasn't fantastic. that up for a best picture? I believe so. Um, number one song in 2006. What was it? Hit me, baby, one more time. Dude, in 2006? <laughs> <laughs> Katy Perry's Roar. But, okay. No. But you know this song. Oh, okay. Daniel Powder, Bad Day. How's it go? I don't know. Because you had a bad, bad day. day. You're taking one down. down. Every time somebody would lose on American Idol, and they yes. would play that slow-mo clip had a bad as they're crying. That's like adding insult to <laughs> I know, injury, right? man. I know. Like, I don't want to hear this bullshit. <sighs> so, uh... Were you jazzed? Were you a Superman fan going into this? So here's the thing, and we've talked about this before. Nobody's really a huge <laughs> Superman fan, right? Really? Uh, he's, he's the Captain America of DC. Like, I don't know. And maybe it's just because of where I was in the 90s when I was getting into these. Like, uh-huh. we, everything was leaning dark, right? Yep. We'd been, we were sure tired of, this, of the 80s glam pop, and everything was positive and super happy. This was the era of grunge, right? When yeah. when you and I were growing up. When everything was kind of going counterculture. The age of the anti-hero. That's right. Let your hair hang in your face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Superman's just too, first of all, he's like red, white, and blue, and he, he's so nice. He's like a fucking Boy Scout everywhere. He only beds one chick. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, but, you know, Batman was cooler. And, uh, you know, Blade, where we're getting movies like Blade. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to think of another dark one. The Crow. It's the the crow. At least we'll uh, no, th- you're right. That that era, that time, especially for us growing up in that time, like that was where we hit that age where we were into the antihero. We had all that teen angst. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, now that I'm looking back on life for, at forty two, yeah, oh yeah, um, Batman fit for that time when I was a teen to my like mid or to even late twenties. Yeah, but now there is a place. For Superman, I feel like now as a father and a mm-hmm. husband, I feel like I get Superman more and better than I did back then. Superman, re- he represents hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, he represents like how good we could be, yeah. the potential we have exactly. to be good, to to put something, to, to take this world and to make it a little bit better than it was when we found it mm-hmm. for the next people to come. Like for my daughter. I could make the world a better place. Like, Superman yeah. kind of re- represents that. You're right, if, because if Batman is, like, our darkest instincts, like, we want justice, and we're, when, when uh, we don't get it through legal means, we're going to take it through yeah. forceful means, uh-huh. right? And this was the, no, no, you know, we, everybody can do We good. have to show that we're better than That's that. right, yeah, we can't yeah. stoop to their level. Uh-huh. That's his mantra. Superman. And so, in that respect, 
I dig Superman and am quite a quite a fan of the character. No. Now I will agree that Superman struggles and has struggled historically in the comics by not having the most compelling storylines, at least when it comes to like uh, developing him as a character and playing on his strengths of character sure. instead of just like bang bang pow pow I can shoot lasers out of my eyes Obviously. and blow, you know, cold breath and punch things really hard. Mhm. He's a man that can fly, and that's really that should always be exciting and thrilling. But it's really fun when like a writer can tap into that, but also tap into his, for lack of a better term, his humanity. Uh, Garth Ennis does a really good job with a story that I actually adapted for the stage uh, from a Hitman comic. And it, it takes place, it's just a one-shot story where... Uh, Tommy Monahan is going up on a rooftop. He's Love about, him from SNL. He's about, yeah, dude. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> he's about to go on. Uh, he's about to uh, perform a hit, and Superman's up on this rooftop. And it turns out, like Superman just returned from space because uh, he and he failed to save an astronaut. Like the ship was starting to blow up in space, oh. and Superman saved like three of the astronauts. Uh-oh. And as he was getting ready to fly away, noticed there was still one left. Shit! And as he turned around to help him, there was a moment where they looked at each other and they both knew. It's not going to happen. And that like what he saw in this man's face, that what he's been taught, you know, just like, you know, the shot heard around the world and and mom's apple pie and like all these truths that this guy clung to. One of those was if Superman's there, I'm going to be okay. Oh, no. And in this instance, Superman failed, you know, and it's this really deep piece and it's really great. And it's like this hitman and Superman doesn't know he's a hitman, but this hitman like starts to convince Superman that, like, what are you talking about? You are one of the greatest things. You represent all the good things in this world and what we should aspire to be. Like, you're the classic immigrant. Like, this is a classic immigrant story yeah. that you've come to this world and you've you've become an American and, like, you want to be a part of things and you want to help. And you can't beat yourself up because of what other people think or what you think other people's perceptions are. You just got to be you and keep doing the best you could do. And that's the best any of us can. Like, it's such a great story. <laughs> and it's, I mean, obviously, some of the strength lies a little bit more with Tommy, but it's still a really touching Superman story. Yeah, to see that conflict that is, isn't external. There uh-huh. isn't some alien coming down here yeah. to protect Lois Lane from falling into a pit. Sure. This is just him dealing with the pressures of... Uh, being a not quite perfect being, but right. almost. And the problem, <laughs> now that brings me to the problem of Superman Returns, mm. is that someone got a little too much onto the kick of like, let's let's explore the internal struggle of Superman when that's not what we wanted. After 20 years no. missing Superman from the movie theaters, what we wanted was a movie about a man that can fly, which should be exciting and fun and thrilling. Like, oh, Superman's back. I mean, from the moment where we start this film and we hear those opening chords of John Williams' score and then the Marlon Brando voiceover and then into the John Williams credit music. Like, there are a few moments that make me feel like I'm a kid again watching a movie. And those are when a Star Wars fanfare and opening crawl start for a new film. Mm -hmm. And when I went and saw this movie in 2006 and that John Williams score started, Mm -hmm. I almost started like, like, tear, like involuntary, but just like, just welling up because be of like the weird emotions I felt about. I'm back. Yeah. You know, this is this is really fun. I did get some uh, some chills today watching it. Get a little uh, little proclaimed, uh, yeah, as Mike Myers would say uh, during that. And uh, the the one great action scene comes about thirty minutes into <laughs> the movie. In I, my opinion, I'll give it two. It has like maybe two two, two good action okay. scenes, right. but like no, this this is such a dull, dry 
movie about a, a superhero <laughs> that can fly. All right, so... Uh, we can't talk about this movie without talking about the in- other incarnations of Superman because yeah. I think you and I would probably agree that uh, the, the Christopher Reeve, obviously, those are the ones we grew up on, came yes. out the year I was born. Sure. Um, those are the ones that, that are uh, the epitome of a Superman film. Oh, At least one sure. and two. Two, spe- like, two, two is a, Two I love. I yeah. think two is one of those rare occasions where the sequel just blows the fucking original one away, even though the original is still really good. Right. But what a... F- the the original is a good superhero origin great story. Great origin story. But the second one is a great mm-hmm. superhero film. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. They're filmed back to back, right? They were supposed to be yeah, one they were, film. Yeah, they were supposed to be one film. That they broke into two, which is smart. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, so we know our feelings about that one, and then of course about three and four. Oh Jesus! Uh, but uh, what do you think about the Man of Steel and Dawn of Justice and this, I think this that, new Superman? I think that falls under the category that you're talking about, where it's like they started trying to make Superman too dark and too moody, and that's too, not what he's about. Too brooding, too moody, and too dark. Zack Snyder's only one note. That wasn't the mistake of Superman Returns. That like. Well, we needed to make him darker. That's why people didn't connect with it as much. That's not what we needed. We needed him to actually have a, a fun story. We needed something else going on other than Superman is a deadbeat dad. Like, <laughs> yes. I mean, Lex Luthor at one point in this movie kind of sums things up, and he's like, you know, well, I called for my appeal, and it turned out Superman's kind of bad at some things, like <laughs> Miranda rights and due process yeah. and showing up for your court date. Mm-hmm. And I kind of added, like, and taking care of your kid. Like... He didn't know, to be fair. It's the most, like, mundane... Like, okay, first off, though, are you fucking telling me that this dude that everybody knows has bent on world fucking destruction had an appeal... Like, he he had a a hearing, an appeals hearing, and they called Superman to be a witness, and because Superman couldn't show up... Why is he their star witness? Right. Why do they only have one witness? They obviously (laughs) only have one witness, because they're like, well, how did he get free? And he's like, Superman didn't show up. How did that yeah. must really burn him up that he didn't sh- like that's it you hinged your whole case on like that you needed Superman to show up at the appeals court so you can't even uh, verify the identification of who Superman is like yeah. how are you gonna, how is well, he how a credible you witness how did you send him a notice yeah if I were the defense prosecutor I'd have a field day with that like how credible is this guy what's your name like answer that on the on the stand yeah Iris Superman no but but like there weren't other people they couldn't call Lois Lane right. to be a witness in this. Yeah, she was privy. Exactly. She was there. Now, we're obviously playing this off as Kevin Spacey is supposed to be the Gene Hackman Lex Luthor. It's almost a this direct This is a direct sequel. sequel of Superman 2. Yes. Because I, I don't think they're taking into account like the, the third one with the Quest robots. P- no. The, the computer or whatever. Richard, Richard Pryor. Pryor. Yeah. And then I'm also the quest for peace with Nuclear Man, like so they're oh, not God. they're not taking those in consideration. They're definitely f- like going back and referencing one and two. And so Kevin Spacey is supposed to be the Gene Hackman Lex Luthor, mm-hmm. which means yes, he's been to the Fortress of Solitude because there's a moment in this movie right. early on where Lex Luthor and his band of evil you know henchmen show up at Superman's Fortress of Solitude. Mm-hmm. Kitty Kowalski. Dude, so, like, this whole plot that Lex Luthor, like, wrote an old woman who yeah. is played by Noel Neal, 
who was Lois Lane from the 1950s oh, TV show. Oh, you're kidding. No. Oh, that's funny. A couple a couple of people from the old 1950s TV show yeah. show up. The Noel old Neal, uh, Jimmy Olsen, right? And then the old Jimmy Olsen is yeah. the bartender, yeah. which is really fun to see him and Sam Huntington going back and forth with their bow ties. <laughs> but uh, So, like, Lex Luthor writes this Gertrude Vanderbilt, or whatever her name is, and, like, she gets him out of prison, mm-hmm. and he promises to take care of her. Mm-hmm. And then she leaves all her money to him, like mm-hmm. everything she owns. So he did all this to get a boat <laughs> that would then let him go to the Arctic Ocean mm-hmm. to then find Superman's Fortress of Solitude. And a lot of resources, it sounds like, too. It's re- Unlimited resources. It, but that is... So there's a couple of things in, in my critiques of this film that I think uh, it fundamentally gets wrong about the two main characters, Lex Luthor and Superman. Mm-hmm. You're touching on one of them, which is to see... When we're introduced to Lex Luthor again after all these years, to see that this is kind of what he's become, yeah. like this is the only way praise on old ladies. You can get, yeah, it's just, and that she's like, saying shit like "You showed me pleasures I never." And I'm like, I'm like uh, yeah, uh, like they're insinuating uh, that uh, there, were, there were conjugal favors. Oh my being, god, that uh, looks like that's not his style. That's no. not what he does. No, because that's a lot to hinge on. And your, you would think he has, plan he has on, too much pride to do yes, that. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And even though, yes, he's evil, he writes the family out of the will, he and Parker Posey take off afterwards and steal the... I get it, but the, but to think of him like being this woman's kind of uh, caretaker and uh-huh. bedmaster, that's not Lex Luthor's style, man. No. He would, he he, would find some to other... To play that waiting game. <laughs> ...nefarious means to, to, get his, uh, to get what he needs. Oh, for sure. Okay, well, I want to talk about that they go to the Fortress of Solitude, and Lex is, like, giving all of his henchmen information, like, a lesson on, like, mm-hmm. this is where he learned about himself exposition, and his family. Exposition, And he got, well, exposition, but how the fuck does Lex know this? Like, we've seen Lex Luthor at the Fortress of Solitude, a.k.a. Gene Hackman, in the, in the second film. Mm-hmm. But at no point was Superman like, this is where I learned about who I am, <laughs> yes. and this is where I learned about this or that. Like, no, uh, where did you get this fucking information from? And also, is there really nothing keeping people from just, like, walking into Showing Superman's up, Fortress yeah. of Solitude? That's, yeah, I mean, you watch the Man of Steel movie, he's got, like, a little robot guard there keeping... Yeah, keeping C-3PO. It is. It's Eve from uh, Wally <laughs> watching over the place. Uh, we don't meet Superman in this movie until almost 20 minutes into it. Mm, yeah. When, yeah. when his weird Kryptonian ship... Crash lands on Ma Kent's farm. Yeah, think, played by Eva Marie Saint. Do you think by now she'd uh, or he'd he'd have a better way of entry? Yeah, like just himself flying. Yeah, yeah. doesn't he just do that? Well, I guess when he's doing interstellar travel, he needs to uh, really cocoon himself inside of a star. Why? Or uh, I, I don't know. Because like, isn't the sun touching him all the time if he's just flying around? Yeah, but when you get outside of our galaxy. Oh, that's true. He doesn't yeah. have the Earth's yellow sun. There you go. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think about that. We're piecing this together right Dude, now. Dude, Eva Marie Saint yes. plays Ma Kent. Uh, I don't know what her connection is to Superman, because uh, it's really like when you see some of these other actors, you're like, oh, I get that it. That makes sense. Because you're connected through this or you're Stunt connected casting. through that. Eva Marie Saint, like, she's in my favorite Hitchcock movie. She's actually in a couple of Hitchcock movies, but she's in North by Northwest, Northwest. which is my favorite one. Yeah. The only other connection I could think of is she was on, on the waterfront with Brando in the 50s. Yeah, there you go. Like, that's... Really? That's your connection? Is like, <laughs> we're going to throw her... Like, it's really weird that you take a woman who's, got, like, a name actress like this who doesn't do anything. Like, yeah. she's got two scenes in this movie. Yeah. And one of them, she doesn't say shit. She's just standing outside the hospital. And how much bullshit is that? <laughs> that, like, Lois Lane gets to take her and fucking Super Kid 
into the fucking hospital. But fucking Superman's adopted mother mom, doesn't yeah. get to go in. Yeah, that's a that's good point. That's fucked up. Yeah, it is fucked up. Uh, all right, so you wanted to talk about Superman. Well, we're talking about the, the, the two fundamental flaws of these characters. We talk about Lex Luthor's. I think you agree with me there, right? That's no yes. way for him to, yeah. uh, to behave. We've castrated that character. And then Superman, for all of our hero worship we talked about, about he's all the ideals of human, he's a savior, he's there. He, on a whim, uh-huh. just like fucking takes off and leaves. Yeah. Not only does Superman leave, Clark it's, Kent leaves. It's not, it's not on a whim? Well, okay, not I, on a did, whim. Did you read a little bit about what was cut out? There's a backstory, okay. and I guess that kind of helps it make sense, except that ultimately it's fruitless. So we learned that... Um, I wish that they would have added it in, though, because it yeah, makes sense. Yeah, you want this to be a three-hour movie? Well, not just... It, you don't really have to add that, though. But just add in, like, have someone say... Yeah, the plot point. That, like, I, I planted that story... To get Superman out of my hair. Yeah, the idea so is speak. that uh, astronomers, it says in the, in the opening crawl, astronomers have discovered what they think are the, the remnants of Krypton. Yeah. And soon after, Superman disappears. So we're led to believe he's going to go check it out because yeah. he's trying to find home. And then when he comes back, he's like, well, yeah, I checked it out. And he's having that conversation it with It was Lois. just a graveyard. Yeah, it wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the original thing was that Lex Luthor had planted that story at the Daily Planet that used Kumar, Cal Penn. Used Cal Penn. <laughs> Kumar. Was supposed to be like the science reporter or something at the Daily Planet. He was Planet. a mole. And he was he put that story in. Moly, 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 moly. So that way Superman would see it and uh, leave. Like that was that was a plot point. Mm-hmm. You could have just said that. You could put that in a, a piece of dialogue. Yeah. Like I knew it was like I tricked you. I've been ahead, one step ahead of you this entire time. Lex like Luther could have said it. Lex at the Luther end. could have said that. That's another thing that I've got a problem with is that like the dialogue in this movie is so contrived and and uh, ridiculous that like. You know it's a bad movie, a bad superhero movie, a horribly written movie when our main villain is like spouting Prometheus, like <laughs> telling the story of Prometheus. Mm-hmm. D- do you know the story of Prometheus? Of course you don't. And, and like kind of goes into it. Like you can have flowery and poetic like villain dialogue if you're a good enough writer. You could just make that shit up and it could be just as fucking good. But instead, like, whoever wrote this fucking movie who wanted to take fucking shortcuts every step of the way, yeah. J. J. Abrams, except with the, the fucking running time. Mm-hmm. No, they didn't use J.J. Abrams. No, it, well, yeah, he had a... I think they jumped off of his, right? No, no that's no, right. They totally they abandoned it. They abandoned it because his was all about, like, a prince from Different fucking Different story, that's right. Yeah. Uh, which was weird, too. Yeah, I read really that weird. treatment and was like... Thank God. What Usually, is this shit? I'm up for J.J. Abrams kind of like refreshing, but um, yeah, he, this was pre-lost J.J. Yeah. Abrams. Oh, yeah. He was lost, actually. Um, <laughs> he was. But the dialogue, it was so bad. And, and every, every aspect of it, like every character was just given the worst fucking material to play with. Superman is relegated to a stalkery creep. Oh, yeah. Through more than three quarters of this film. How about that? How many times does he use his X-ray vision to fucking spy on Lois Lane Lois, and her new family? Going? She's going up an elevator. Yeah, I'm gonna hang out outside their house and so, just use my X-ray. Like, that part is creepy. I'm like, I'm sure there's other things you could be fucking doing right now, man. <laughs> You've been gone for five years. Yeah. So why don't you just fucking save somebody? Turn on the fucking the police wire. Well, that's what he does, Joe. When he uh, he he floats above the earth and he, he uh, in his Christ-like pose. And looks down upon the masses and closes his eyes and listens to all of the... There's that scene you hear. He starts hearing all of like oh, yeah. babies crying and car horns honking. Yeah. And sirens and yeah. shit. And, but, and that's why I thought like, I'm like, one. oh, okay, here we go. 
Now here's here's where the movie's gonna. He's pick gonna up. start saving the world again. Yeah, and he does. It's a nice little montage kind for a of while. For, it, it lasts for about thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. Also, like I get that he's the Man of Steel, and like you can't kill him with bullets and stuff. But like when I get like a little piece of dust in my eye, I'm fucking out for th- I know. like at least I an hour. I'm, get I've got to get the yeah, I've, I'm like I, the dude gets fucking a hot bullet to the eye. Like I get like it's not gonna kill you. But that shit's still gonna sting, right? That was pretty. That's soft tissue. Graphic, just him, and I get it. It's it's nice. Um, it makes for a good image. Him walking with his chest out, and which this is guy great. Just That's firing great. bullets into it, but it's a little morbid. I, I couldn't watch that scene without thinking, like, hey, if I'm the guy behind the big machine gun and it's not working, that I'm shooting his chest, I'm gonna start going for the face, man. Yeah. I'm gonna start aiming face shot. Uh-huh. Like in a real world, you would have seen the bullets like being. <laughs> projected at his face his and bouncing face. off and that would have been a little graphic but uh, that's the natural progression of that scene did you ever see the Robert Wall stand-up comedy special where he talks about <laughs> Superman the old watching the old Superman TV shows Mm-mm. and like he, he always found it funny that like dudes would like shoot at Superman and Superman would just deflect the bullets off his chest but then they'd throw the gun at him and he'd duck <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> so no like the shooting him in the eye though I'm like I mean, that's at least going to sting. Like, you're going to go, ah, yeah, oh, be like, shit. Ooh, yeah, that's, wow, I can't see. No. But but you're right. There is a, it's a little graphic. It's it's even like when he pulls the gun out and shoots it at the eye and we just see that happen. Mm-hmm. It's a little weird. Kind it's of a, gratuitous. A little gratuitous, but also it, it's almost like it's unnecessary. It goes that extra mile where it's a little unnecessary. I feel that same way about when Superman's on the kryptonite island or whatever and doesn't realize he's weak, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is weird. Doesn't realize he's weak until Lex Luthor starts kicking his ass. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the dudes just all, like, take off their jackets and stuff. And it's like and I a get fucking... This, I get this weird, like, this weird vibe from that where I just feel really uncomfortable watching it. it, it we were all Parker Posey in that scene as yeah. she's watching it, like, oh, this seems unfair and brutal and not, not, needlessly yeah. violent. Needlessly violent. For and a PG-13 movie. Like, the fact that, like, he was, like, the Brian Singer directed Brandon Ruth to be, like, squealing and shit. It's really painful to watch. Yeah. And then, like, he gets stabbed. He gets shivved. Shift. <laughs> fucking kryptonite. And then, like, torn off. And I, I, yeah, it was, a, it was a bit much. It, it's a little too much. But I did, on one hand, also kind of enjoy, finally, Lex Luthor, where he's like, now show me how you fly. Or he said something along those lines. Now show me how you fly. And he fell. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I I feel like that whole scene was a third act attempt to make Lex Luthor as evil as he should be. Because he's been super goofy up until this point. He's been goofy, and he's kind of of likable, actually. Yeah. Uh, And it's like, so far, he hasn't really caused too much harm. His plan is pretty nefarious, but, uh, you know, he's, he's just a megalomaniac. But then, yeah, it gets really torturous then, and mm. uh, but but a bit, a bit too far, yeah. l- too little, too late, or too yeah. much, too late. Oh yeah, um, the uh, I did like where he he brings them into the fortress of solitude. I didn't like that moment, but I did like that. Like Marlon Brando comes on and starts talking about like. Uh, if you're watching this, I've been dead now for yeah, thousands of Earth years. Of your Earth years. And at, I always love when they do that. At some point, like, Parker Posey's like, can he see us? <laughs> and and Kevin Spacey's like, no, he's dead. And I'm like, yeah, he said it. Yes. He said, I'm dead. Follow along, kitty. Mm. Pay attention. 
I didn't like how they used Parker Posey in this film. I didn't either, too. No. She was obviously supposed to be the Miss Testmucker or whatever. From, Absolutely. From uh, the first one, which is fun. You need that character. One, you need it because Lux Luthor has to expound all this backstory to somebody. Uh-huh. Uh, so she kind of plays that part. But I also like that she's kind of his foil a little uh-huh. bit. Oh, yeah. Like she's able to take jabs at him. and sure. it, They bug him, but he's never going to do anything to put her in harm's way. Right. Until he, he fucking, puts her in, fucking arms in a car way. and cuts the brakes that didn't make sense to me. It, it didn't make sense. Maybe the weakest some, part of the film. Someone who's such a wealth of fucking talent, mm-hmm. just used in a horrible fucking way. Yeah. Throughout this, throughout this entire film, I found it really surprising that Parker Posey took this role. Like, I kind of feel like Parker Posey's above this, but I get it. You know, this is the big studio check. I bet if you looked at her uh, IMDb page, it's probably like one of the top five films listed just because of how much money it made, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think a lot of the, I read that a lot of the actors actually signed on to the film. Without a script. Which happens. And, and gosh, I mean, this had everything going for it, Oh, absolutely. Right? There's so many things going for it. You got John Ottman editing. Yep. John Ottman's score that's mm-hmm. weaved into John Williams. Williams score. They got the John Williams score. You got Brian Singer, who's Hot proven of, himself yeah. as a decent director. Hasn't really Your made a bad film yet. Is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Brandon Routh. I don't think anybody said anything bad about Brandon. Brandon Routh was the one thing that everyone's like, this movie sucks, but this guy's great. He was the X factor. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. kind of, he was the the unknown element that True. everybody thought like, okay, well let's see how this guy does. I thought he was fucking good in this role he's man. doing a fantastic christopher reeves not, not only, impersonation yeah but was is an, able to, like almost an homage a that's tip exactly of what it is adapts his mannerisms and he he feels like him without having to imitate him sure i i think this movie is at its best and most exciting in like the three minutes where Clark is a young boy. The flashback to Clark is a young boy. Oh, it's kind of nice. And he's running through the cornfields, and he's learning to use his power. Like, that is one of the few joyful moments in the film. You know, though, I will say this. I am so done with these flashbacks. Yeah. I don't need to he, see... There's only one. Another <laughs> true... Well, they go back to it a couple of times. Do right? they? they go, yeah, he's, he's jumping through the cornfields... Um, I think that was just it was just the one. Isn't he at school at some point? No, you're thinking of Man of Steel. I'm thinking of Man of Steel. Yeah. I, I guess that's all There's they only do, huh? one flashback in this movie. Yeah. yeah and it's the most fun that you have where he's jumping around <laughs> yeah. and he's like But the problem with this is it also feels like the moment in an X-Men movie where one of the kids realizes discovers they have powers. their powers. It's yeah. like we need to see that. And at this point, I feel like especially if this is supposed to be a sequel to Superman's 1 and 2. Yeah. We all know Superman we, at this point. We if you're not starting the story there, if your whole thing is Superman's been gone and now he returns, let's keep it in the present. I like that they didn't do that with the Ma Kent. We didn't have to like see her again yeah. uh, as a young, raising Superman. Um, did you, did I'm you, a little tired of those flashbacks. Did you notice some of the words on the Scrabble board? When Clark was no. crash, crash landing on yeah, Earth. And they're all jiggling away. Like, there's stuff there. Jet, boat. Oh, really? Facts. No. Like, a whole bunch of things that, like, come Have into play later in the plot. <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. But, and I didn't realize that. For, I, in fact, I did. I, I paused it mm-hmm. when it showed that. I was like, oh, I wonder if there's any, like, funny words that they put on there. And I noticed all these Penis. other things. And I was like, hmm. Okay. Seems well, like something a clever art director would have done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and dude, I will say, like, the, the art direction of this movie is also something that's going for it, too. It looks beautiful. It's a beautiful film. It's beautiful to look at. The, the sets, the practical effects, the, the, the special effects. This is a pretty movie. We take for granted that uh, we live in a post-Man of Steel world, all these superhero films. We've got the technology. If you can think it, we can do it. We don't question any of that stuff. In 2006, we hadn't had a a Superman film that took advantage of 
today's technology and right. film techniques Except and storytelling. Except for the Matrix Reloaded. No, no but I'm saying, or yes. Or I hear it, what you're saying. Is that what it's called? Matrix well, no, Matrix Revolution. the second one. Revolution okay, is the third one. Revolution. I hear what you're saying. Yes, we have the technology. Which was the tech demo for a Superman movie. <laughs> We're seeing a man fly. True. But we haven't been able to see the telling of, you know, as much as I was griping on the flashback, eh, there's something kind of cool about seeing yeah. that over again, told in a new way and using some special effects that maybe weren't the greatest. Yeah. It kind of looks like Gumby. Oh, yeah. Gumby jumps in the oh, air. Oh, sure. There's definitely a plasticky look. Exactly. As we still have that today in some of the superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Hell in Dragon Ball Evolution last week. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. We had even worse, uh, and that was what 2011, right? Mm-hmm. 2009. Uh, so it was it was nice to see uh, modern techniques used to kind of tell this story, and I think that's something taken for granted, and something we won't see again done in that style because now everything's been rebooted into Zack Snyder world. It pays a, a definite and required amount of respect to the original films, to Chris Reeve and the original films. Uh, you know, one of the one of my favorite things about the Chris Reeve Superman movies, and this is going to seem really silly is at the end of the Superman film when like they cut to outer space like just mm-hmm. outside the atmosphere and there's Superman and he's kind of coming in from uh, screen left and he's kind of looking around and he's starting to fly past the screen but just before he flies past the screen he looks at the audience Does and kind of gives a nod wink, yeah. and then flies off. Yep. I fucking love that. Like Even when I watch it now and I see that point like I get little chills, I get goosebumps. And uh, I like that they kind of let Brandon Ruth do a little bit of that. Uh, I love that Brandon Routh makes that after he saves the airplane, the big, the big action set piece of this entire fucking movie. Yeah, uh, which well, is weird because it comes within the first like thirty minutes of the film. The best, let's um, say that. And he uh, he goes onto the plane after he they crash land the plane and he sets it safely in the the baseball field and he climbs on and he he does his whole like. You know, statistically speaking, <laughs> yeah. air travel is still the safest way to travel, uh, which is what Chris Reeve said exactly. after he saved Lois in Superman 1 mm-hmm. uh, about the helicopter. And so, like, it's nice. Some of those little throwbacks are really nice. But it's when it's when they, they tried too hard to, to deviate that I don't appreciate it. And hmm. honestly, I really thought it was going to be something, like, it would have been the opposite, that I would have been annoyed by all the throwbacks and like I would have wanted more of the new stuff. But the problem is the new stuff was so unimaginative. Yeah. Uh, and, and the fact that like Superman has a kid that he hasn't taken care of for five years. like <laughs> He didn't know, uh, to be but fair. But that's so dumb. I and know. It, it's, it, reeks of, it reeks of like that bad 80s kid sidekick trope. <laughs> that they're trying to build on, like, yeah. oh, Superman's a dad now. Oh, and you know the sequel would have been all about him and that about fucking Super kid. Superboy. Yeah. That, that is what brought him back. Is, and the thing is, there's a place for a story like that. Mm-hmm. There absolutely is. But this return after 20 years That's to the character, focus. that was not the time to introduce this element. And also, yeah, that goes back to the, the point of, like, it's weird that Superman would have not only left his, his family and the woman he loves uh-huh. to fo- for this folly yeah. that uh, it contributes nothing um, without, without thinking about all the things he'd be sacrificing, not to mention all the people that would die. Sure. I, I read somewhere that um, because this movie came out in 2006 and because he... The, the plot says he was gone for five years. Yes, I, I know where you're There's going There's some this. imagery about uh, there was going to be a shot of him like standing at ground, at ground zero, zero thinking about, oh, if I would have been here, I, I wish they'd have put that this. in. I wish they'd have added that. That would have added some gravitas, but maybe it was a little too soon back in 2006. Um, yeah? yeah the, the wound isn't quite healed yet. I remember... I don't know. I think I would have applauded it taking that kind of a step, you know, that... 
you know, it's obviously it's been five years as, mm-hmm. you know, people probably still have not healed from it completely. But I think that that's important. I think that Superman himself, that character is such a piece of uh, genuine Americana. Yeah. That he that would belong. That would make sense for that to be there, to, to, to yeah. put him in that that position and be like, if I were here, if only I were here, I could have maybe stopped it. It's not making light of the situation of what happened. I think that that's a great statement to make for anybody that like we have heroes around us yeah. and there were heroes that tried to stop it. Mm-hmm. So the next question is, even if Superman was around, would that would have... he have been able to stop it? Exactly. And so I think that it it's something that really happened and it's something that is now it's within this country's DNA, just like Superman is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think you can have both together. Would have been nice to explore that, but this film is too cartoony and kind of silly. To... When it wants to be. Uh, yeah. But yeah. then also it like it, it jumps into too real territory yeah, being gangbanged at the end. Yeah, yeah dude. Seriously. <laughs> pretty rough. So fucking weird. So there's that. So I, I don't like the idea that he would have left for five years and, and then and then finally come and back. And not known that she was pregnant. Like, yeah. we're talking about a character that in, like, the first couple movies was able to, like, see the damage that Lois is doing to her lungs with yeah. the cigarettes yeah. and smoking. So you're telling me he wouldn't have, like, detected two heartbeats? Yeah, that's a good in point. Lois Lane. That because yeah, I'm sure she was still she was at least a few months along before he left. Maybe the gestation period is longer because she's got that Kryptonian seed in her. I figured it would be faster, <laughs> faster because everything's faster. She <laughs> yes. just immediately has a child. Oh my god, full grown. It's like Mork and Mindy. <laughs> <laughs> she's just an old man. Oh my birthday. god! Oh my god! <laughs> it's like a Benjamin Button. Uh, yeah, exactly. Superman. So, uh, just to complete that thought. So already. <laughs> We're supposed to suspend disbelief that Clark Kent works in an office full of reporters, investigative reporters, <laughs> and nobody has been able to figure out that he's fucking Clark Kent. Oh, I got to go uh, run out for lunch while there's a crisis happening. And he comes back. Or, or that Clark was gone for five years. This is the thing. The same time as Superman My was belief gone. is stretched beyond belief <laughs> when they're now asking me to believe that Clark Kent leaves at the same time that Superman leaves, and then they both come back at the same time, oh, and yeah. nobody's able to connect these oh, fucking sure. dots. Yeah. Not even everybody at a major newspaper. It's so, so ridiculous. Did you ever see when The Rock first hosted SNL? <laughs> yes. Where he did the <laughs> Superman the bit? Yeah. Oh, my God. And, like, everybody at the Daily Planet knows. For This is for the listener now. Uh, <laughs> everybody at the Daily Planet knows that Clark Kent is Superman, <laughs> but they're all, like, trying to play along. Like, they yeah, don't. they don't know. But they're, like, they're, <laughs> they're teasing. They're basically teasing, like, isn't it weird that like whenever she, and it's so funny seeing like the rock try to play I'm like I missed him again and like half of his cape is He's hanging still out, sticking of his out of the collar when he comes back yeah. he forgets to put his glasses back on yes uh, oh it's so good it's I, I recommend checking it out if you can find it this film did have some nice touches to it mm-hmm. oh yeah some subtle touches that were nice like there's there are some moments in this film where Brian Singer isn't afraid to just let the visuals tell the story which I think is great. I think that's really nice. Um, I loved when Lois and, and and Superman had their their moment on the roof of the Daily Planet. Yeah, and and maybe this, this is a weird daddy thing in me, but I thought it was so sweet that like she takes off her shoes and puts her feet on his. Yeah, which is what I did with Harper when I took her to the daddy daughter dance. Oh, I saw that. On we Facebook. did the whole like feet on feet. That's adorable. And so when she puts her feet on his and they fly up, I'm like. Well, this is charming. This is really sweet. And, and they bring back the "Can you read my mind?" theme from the original, and that's the <clears throat> that's going to be a reoccurring theme uh, for of my review uh-huh. is that this film is at its best when it is paying homage. Uh-huh. Um, 
maybe it does it too much. But like you said, there's not much there if you're not doing that. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, I think the rating is like 75%, right? Uh-huh. Like that's that's pretty middle of the road. But that's kind of where it is. And, and I think it's helped by those moments, by hearing the, the John nostalgia. Williams theme, by hearing Marlon Brando and seeing his face even that they mm-hmm. digitally brought back. Yeah. Um, by all the little nods and the mannerisms and all the baggage that we're bringing with us into this film is what elevates us to that 75%. Otherwise... Right. I don't think this is that great. Yeah, no. Otherwise, this is a sixty percent movie. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the uh, I once met uh, an artist, or no, he was. I think he was a writer. He's a comic book writer named Mark Andreco, mm-hmm. uh, and he wrote the comic adaptation of Superman Returns, which means he got to kind of see the movie long before it came out. Oh, in the right, theaters. yeah, yeah. And this dude, I, I mean, I'm sh- maybe he's a super nice guy, but the night that I met him, uh, it was like there was a, a local comic book shop that I used to do some business dealings with, uh, some creative endeavors. Uh, they, uh, they had a, 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 an annual con that they did. And so he was one of the people that they brought in this year. And because I was kind of close at the time with the people that were running it, uh, I was invited to like the staff dinner with all the guests and stuff. And Mark, I sat next to Mark Andreco. And try to like strike up conversation with him, and he was like really pretentious and uh, and rude, like just straight up rude. But at one point, I finally got, like we finally got him to kind of talk and loosen up and talk a little bit. And he talked about seeing Superman Returns, like it was it still hadn't come out yet, but it was probably about a month or so away. And he was talking about how like oh man, this is like the greatest superhero, it's the greatest Superman movie ever made. You're not gonna believe it that that plane sequence that you see in the trailer that's like thirty minutes. That's like a 30-minute sequence in the movie. Well, no. And so I go see this film looking forward to this plane. And it's like three. It happens it's, at the 30-minute like, mark. Yeah. But no. <laughs> but it doesn't. Yeah, it's, it's not a 30. That's and the whole hyperbole. time I'm like, how are they going to stretch this out for a half hour? <laughs> and they definitely don't. Um, but it is it is the best action sequence Absolutely, of the film. Absolutely, yeah. And it's, and it's really when this film is firing on all cylinders. And I remember the first time seeing because I saw this in theaters when it came out. I'm assuming you did as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I saw it opening night. Yeah. It, oh, oh, nice. It was the first, um, that first half hour. And when we got to that climax, like it was like, whoa, mm-hmm. this, 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 so far this is a pretty badass film. Yeah. It's given me all the things I want. A little bit of nostalgia, mm-hmm. putting a little new spin on it, get to see some Well, it's uh, before Superman got effects. like Stockery. There were traces yeah, of it because yeah. he's looking at the pictures on like Lois's desk. There is a recut of this movie somewhere <laughs> like dark... where we take all the Superman <laughs> stuff out yeah. and it's just about a co-worker who's stalking another <laughs> like co-worker. A talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's but, great. But yeah, like this is before it gets too much where he's doing x-ray vision outside their house yeah. and it's still like Superman's back, and he goes and he saves her. Like he get, if anything, maybe a little underwhelming. Him running into the alley and like opening his shirt. Ah, uh, it's like, iconic. It's iconic, and you need to take a little more time with it. Like the way that it's played in this movie, it's like he runs into the alley, kind of pulls his shirt open, and we immediately cut. And I'm like, no, you need to like let that music swell. We haven't seen this happen in 20 years. Also, I would have liked to have had that moment drawn out a little more, where he's because quite... he's been gone for five years. I didn't even think he'd be. Why is he wearing the suit underneath yeah. that? Like he's he's already premeditated in his mind that oh, I'm going to be Superman again. Just kind of waiting for my moment. Well, I would have the, liked to have seen it. Uh, him be reluctant to to bring back Superman. By that logic, though, then the original Superman he would have never had his costume in time for the pimp to go. Yo, man, <laughs> yeah. that's a bad outfit. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Woo. 
Uh, but yeah, I, I was waiting for that moment when all shit's breaking. So Lois Lane is on the plane. She's doing an interview. You know, shit's about to happen because they keep cutting back to it. Uh, a plane full of reporters that are just covering like a space shuttle launch from a plane, which it seems that really- has like luggage full. <laughs> the overhead racks are that's full a, of luggage. That's, oh my god, that's a great <laughs> point. Why? Where are you going? Where are you going? You're not. Sta- you're not going to the moon. <laughs> It's not over, an overnight trip. That's Eventually, funny. it starts raining luggage on these people. <laughs> it's and I'm raining like, luggage. What the man? Fuck? Fucking Kate Bosworth just thrown around <laughs> she, like a dude. She's rag dead. Doll. She's dead. Oh, and her neck has been. She she goes through so much blunt drama in this film between that and that shot at the end. The door, <laughs> the <laughs> a huge pantry door. metal door. <laughs> like the the ship is turned on its side. They're trying to climb out like Titanic style, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, she's helping her son get up. Meanwhile, this huge metal door. You, and you see it from afar. I, I rewound it. I don't know about you, but I was like, whoa, that's fucking brutal, James man. James Marsden's like she's dead. underwater trying to prop them up. <laughs> she gets nailed in the fucking head. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Poor Kate Bosworth. A, a couple times in this movie where people should have been dead. And, yeah. And there's, there's no... No way you would have survived yeah. some of this stuff. But yeah, when that's uh, when he decides, it's like, I gotta save it. And he he darts off, and uh, that whole sequence of him trying to slow the plane. Well, first of all, it's attached to a shuttle. Yeah, you're right. Why are the reporters on this uh, potentially deadly mission? Like they would be recovering this from the ground. From the ground. Right? Yeah, they yeah. never let them on the from ship. The ground. Because you, something like this might happen. Did you see that Richard Branson was one of the guys piloting no, the shuttle? Shut yeah. up. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's great. Uh-huh. Is it Virgin America or Virgin? It's Virgin. Atlantic? Uh, no, it, but they called it like Virgin Cosmic or something like uh, that. Of in, course, in the movie. Ah, that's funny. Oh yeah. Um, With Peter yeah. Wilson. Peter Wilson. Who? Mm. Who's that? She was La Femme Nikita in She's USA. She's the one. Yeah, yeah we dude. were trying to place that. Uh, and uh, Jenna was like, is that Katie Sackhoff? And I'm no. like, no, but that is a great recast yeah, for her. Because really good. There's my recast for that mm-hmm. one role. Uh, but yeah, it's when he's finally saving them and people are flying out uh, and he... You're talking about how uh, iconic and, and uh, uh, the Americana imagery is in uh-huh. this film. They're able to like combine not the, just in this film, but just in general. In Superman the Superman is a piece character, of and you have to lean into that. And this this film and this sequence does that when uh, you know we see an American flag, but also we land right in the middle of a baseball. Oh yeah, like we you they they do that. Uh, where all shit's breaking loose and the plane is plummeting down and Superman's trying to slow it, and then we hard cut to a baseball, a baseball game yeah. going on. Dude hits a fly ball, camera pans up, and oh, fuck, there's this huge <laughs> plane coming. Like, everyone's going to die. Hundreds of thousands of people are going to die, so you recognize the stakes, and uh, there's Superman on the uh, the nose of it. Yeah. And as he's struggling, and the nose is, like, collapsing against his weight look, as he's And pushing. you kind of see, like, the, the ripples. Yeah, that go throughout the cabin. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, meanwhile, the, the occupants of the <laughs> ragdolls inside. I'm just, I'm just like everyone's neck is broken. At yeah, this point. yeah. There's some lawsuits uh-huh. going to happen here. And then there's also you know there's got to be that one guy who's like taking off his clothes and is just like stroking his dick and he's like someone's gonna fuck before I die. <laughs> and then he realized like then he still Superman opens the door and there's this one dude like <laughs> with pants down, pants, legs akimbo. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> That's in the Kevin Smith version. <laughs> yeah, probably of this film. Uh, you know this movie gets a lot of flack online for. Uh, Kevin Spacey and Brandon Ruth don't share the screen until like 112 minutes in. It's true. I understand where you're coming from on that, but like if you think back to the original Superman it's movie, it's always been that way. It's like late in the film when Gene Hackman and Chris Reeve get together and finally have their moment. Yeah. The thing is, it doesn't feel that way because both have very strong stories leading to when they finally clash with one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas this movie does not have it. Uh, you know, they. 
I don't know what they could have done to well, make Lex and, and Clark spend a little more time together. Like maybe make Lex kind of a Hannibal Lecter style character where he's in dude, that prison. That would have been great. And it, and he comes back and now he's visiting him because there's another threat. So, yeah. yeah. It, but we find out it's a threat that's orchestrated by Lex yeah. from the inside. He you hired know? Harold and Kumar to sabotage <laughs> dude, the Daily time, Planet. Every time. How Cal Penn gets like one of the top <laughs> billing roles but doesn't say a fucking word. <laughs> every now and then it's like, like I almost feel like he and uh, Lex Luthor are secret lovers or something. <laughs> they'll they'll share a glance. They'll kind yes. of turn over to him, give a little head nod. Like, yeah, <laughs> our plan is working. Soon we're going to ditch Parker Posey. <laughs> Run off on our own island made of kryptonite. Uh, also, that's a dumb thing that he's trying to do. Like, that whole plot it's line. It's the dumbest plot. It's the stupid, but it's also kind of a throwback a little bit. Oh, to what Lex was trying to do in the first movie. I like the concept. I like but what he wasn't going trying with to it. create new continents. No, and that whole idea. Yeah, so the idea is like, you know, I'm going to use uh, uh, kryptonite to build. No, not other... kryptonite, the crystals. That's what it was. But yes. what he did was he wrapped one of them in kryptonite. So that way it had the kryptonite. Gr- it, like, it, and it was an amalgamation of sure. kryptonite and the thing that created I had trouble this following movie. the science behind it. This, there, it. It's such a weak fucking science yeah. behind this movie. But the the idea that he's going to he can now build new continents, but he's going to build it over the old one. But his whole thing is like you know, my dad always said you know, there's selling real estate is where it's at because they're not <laughs> what, making any. What did new my lands. dad always used to tell me? You're losing your hair. Yeah. What else? What did, did he before say after, that? Before that, get out. <laughs> 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 the Parker Posey character, she's great. That was good stuff. Yeah, uh, but but like at one point, Kate Bosworth is like, "But how are you going to do this? The you know the the countries of the world, who's going to stop me?" I'm like, "Look, man, okay, if, even if you get away with this, that you're creating a new continent, <laughs> yeah, like, and then it's you're going to what sell it to somebody? Yeah, no one's going to want to. No one's going to no buy it from you because you have five people." <laughs> Other countries have armies and tanks and like planes and their bombs yeah. and their guns Just in your head. You in your Superman's... head, they are fighting <laughs> in your head. Just Zombie. Be... That's fantastic. <laughs> Rest in peace, cranberries. Uh, the whole band didn't die. <laughs> Just the lead singer. The heart of it. <laughs> Yeah, just because you have this land and because you have the power of the crystal doesn't really make you that powerful. You don't really have anything beyond that. He's like, I've got power from technology like that's well beyond their me. I'm like, yeah, but what can no, you do? All with you it? know is if you throw it in water, it turns into yeah, land. It's the gremlins of, uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> of cosmic crystals. And not even that. It's not like it multiplies. Yeah. It just creates a yeah. big fucking landmass. Don't feed it after midnight, though. How the fuck Superman gets on this fucking island and Lex Luthor is able to kick his ass? He gets stabbed, thrown mm. in the ocean. Yeah. Lois fucking is able to get most of the kryptonite out of his body. And then Superman's like, oh, okay. Shakes I've got to go stop him. Flies up, gets a little energized by the sun. I guess so. And then lifts an entire continent yeah. out of the planet. Throws it into throws space. Throws it into space. Yeah, that's going to cause some problems, by the way. Some, some repercussions. <laughs> yeah, it's called it's, the butterfly effect. Well, it will continue to rotate around the sun. It was going to orbit. It's just going to crash into Saturn now. So you've created a whole other... Problem. Yeah, Superman. Yeah. Thanks. Um, but like, then falls to the earth again. Like, yeah. but how does he have that much strength? <laughs> well, if you concentrate real that. hard, he had the power of love, Joe. <laughs> Clark Kent is earned the power of love. They they didn't have to make Richie White. Uh, is that was that his name, Richard White? Oh yeah, the uh, Perry, the White's James Marsden character. Yeah, Richard White. They didn't have to make him as sympathetic as they did. Like, he's a good guy. Yeah, and so you're sitting here watching this movie, and you're like. Oh, this dude's a good guy. He's kind of the real hero. And he thinks that, like, 
This kid's his son, and mm-hmm. then realizes at the very end, oh, that's not my kid. Mm-hmm. You know, what? Like a character like him should be rewarded in the course of this movie, exactly. for lack of a better term. He's, he's the Bobby Cannavale character from Ant Man, yeah, basically. And we bring him into the fold in the end. He's still the stepfather. Mm-hmm. Paul Rudd still gets to have a relationship with his daughter, but right. he's, he's not replaced. Yeah, and he's not marginalized. And he is kind of a hero in his own way. Fucking James Marsden. James Marsden? That's yeah. his name? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Richard Knight. He doesn't have any superpowers. Richard White. Richard White. Richard Knight. Bobby Knight. <laughs> he throws yeah, a folding chair. He throws folding chairs <laughs> at Lex Luthor. <laughs> uh, but no, he has his own biplane. He yeah. doesn't have any superpowers. He risks <laughs> which death. They, they very smoothly give us his backstory. You're right. the film. It's convenient. He's a great pilot. <laughs> I'm like, why did they? Why did she make that part of yeah. his fucking description? Like, Weird that you would throw that Clark, in there. This is Richard. He's, He's a, a great, great pilot. pilot. I'm like, <laughs> so obviously it's coming into play later. When I first met your father, he was, he was a great, a great pilot. pilot. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, but shit. I know he was way too sympathetic and actually was more heroic than Superman. He sure yeah. was. Yeah, and, and then he gets think, the shaft. You think James Marsden <laughs> regrets jumping the X Men ship to get yeah, like, to get to Superman? Because who won? Singer. Who won there? Because you had Superman we Returns and X-Men 3. We all lost. We did. X-Men we sure as shit did. X-Men 3 could have been a great film. Maybe. Yeah. But probably better than what Brett Ratner did. I'll, I'll tell you, besides Apocalypse, which I still like in in its own way, I like Apocalypse okay, but fucking X-Men 1, 2, and Days of Future Past the, are that's, fantastic films. That's the, the trilogy that you want. Yeah, yeah. You can throw the rest of that shit in the garbage. What's the... Uh, first Class isn't bad. First Class isn't as bad. As a prequel to... Yeah. But I'm talking about as far as Brian Singer films go. Oh, yeah. Like, his track record with X-Men, save for Apocalypse, yeah. is pretty good. He's doing another one, though. So you would, well, Dark Phoenix is not him. Probably not anymore. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, the, uh, the but, but like, I, I sit there doing the math. I'm like, okay, Superman Returns, mm-hmm. X-Men 3. Which one's a better movie? I have to lean towards Superman Returns. I, I think so, too. Yeah. I think there's enough to grasp onto. I think... For what it was trying to do, it's a pretty successful film, and I have to judge it based on what it was trying to do. Uh-huh. The, the stories are weak. Some of the motives don't add up. I understand it's a little shoehorned in there, but for it to be able to bring back that kind of feeling, and I know the music goes a long way, and I know... It sure does. Brian Singer went on record as to say, like, if he wasn't going to get the John Williams score, he wasn't going to do the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I... I <sighs> For me, that's its strength and its weakness. But I think uh, its strengths outweigh its weaknesses. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. I agree. Uh, like so, seventy five percent. So, so Superman after Superman saves Lois and Richard and Jason. Yes, is that the kid's name? Yeah, that's baby the kid's Superman. Name. He's like, baby Superman. They, you, baby Superman. <laughs> they uh, so they. They get in this fucking seaplane in the middle of like this weird like I guess electromagnetic storm because a new significant landmass has been created, so it's adding to like the 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 geo climate of our, sure. of our planet. So like sounds about right. All I'm saying is that fucking DFW airport will cancel flights if there's just a small flurry of snowflakes. Yes, exactly. This shit's going on, and like Superman's <laughs> Richard's like I can't fly in this. Superman's like Don't worry, I'll point you in the right direction. <laughs> like no, fuck you. I can't fly in this. <laughs> it's not that I don't know it's where I'm going. It's not that I don't know where I'm going because I'm a great pilot. <laughs> yeah. Were you listening to Lois in that first scene? Two hours ago <laughs> when she told you. It was two hours ago. I cannot fly in this. But it turns out he can fly in this. Yeah. Yeah. And had the power of love. He did his whole thing where he dives out of sight 
And then suddenly, wow, he comes up over the, the Kryptonian Ridge. That's right. And, uh, oh, good and band he, name. <laughs> Hello, we are Kryptonian Ridge. <laughs> so we danced around this a little bit. Mm. I need to know what you felt I got to about know. what I think was the worst reveal ever about... Uh, about baby Superman. Baby Superman. You think that was a bad reveal, huh? I think it was horrible. Um... So I did. I, I think it's horrible because, and I know I asked you the question, and now I'm going to go on continue. <laughs> Let's hear it. Uh, I think it's horrible because nobody wanted it. <laughs> nobody needed Superman to be a dad, uh, and the fact is, like, we should have known it was coming just from the opening dialogue of the movie, where Marlon Brando talks about like the uh, the son the becomes son and the, the father, father, the yeah. father becomes the son. Mm-hmm. Like we should have seen that happening. Uh, and I didn't until this last time watching the movie. Granted, I'd only seen the movie once before. Yeah, me too. But, uh, but like, the kid throws a fucking piano at a guy, mm-hmm. which means Superman, this character, and one of the things that Man of Steel, and it did many things wrong, mm-hmm. but one of the big sins that it committed is Superman breaking a guy's neck to kill him. Oh, I see what you're saying. Superman doesn't murder people. Like we said, he's supposed to be that symbol of hope that we can be better than that. So he always finds a way, kind of like the rules of the Lone Ranger. He finds a way to to defeat the enemy without killing without him. Without murder. This kid's already one in the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> he's the rainmaker from he's, Looper. He's fucking already killed a guy <laughs> as his first action. That and the fact that they get thrown mom. into a pantry and the, and his mom's like, "Can you help?" And he's like, "No, sorry, mom." Sorry. I'm like, what? You just tossed a piano you just across threw the room. Just break the fucking lock on Pre- this door. Yeah, pretend it's a baby grand and do your thing. <laughs> baby grand, <laughs> baby, gr- <laughs> baby roof, baby Superman. <laughs> so, what did you think about it? Uh, I, I. So j- just by the very essence that there is a child, that Lois Lane has a child. Like the first time that kid appears on screen, you're kind of like, oh, I bet that's Superman's kid. Yeah. I bet they're going to work that into the plot somehow. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, why is there a fucking kid in the right. Superman movie? How interesting is it that, oh no, I just fucked this other guy and we had a kid. <laughs> yeah, but I, I got off the trail, off the scent when... Uh, uh, when they introduced the five other B-plots in this no, movie? No, when Lex Luthor... Um, Wrong! <laughs> ...does what we're all thinking. It's like, oh, hey, I've got kryptonite here uh-huh. this kid might have superpowers and i thought they were going to reveal it then he walks over and he kind of waves the the kryptonite in front of him like it's a it's a metal detector right yeah and nothing and then you start thinking about oh they've really been pushing hard this whole kid's got allergies he's on all, all these allergy every time we see him it's like oh jason have you taken your meds yet don't forget your asthma you know and um he started to kind of piece it together I still thought the review, I thought the way they did it was surprising. You knew it was going to happen. You didn't know how it was going to happen. Yeah. So it was kind of shocking. And I hear what you're saying. He's not supposed to murder. But the kid was doing it in self-defense. He saw his mom being threatened. He did the only thing he could. He was already sitting at a piano. So, you know, maybe he did it by accident. He didn't know his own strength. Yeah. So I'll kind of give it that. Um, I don't mind it. I just don't like that in this world where he's been gone for five years, he's got a kid, and this is how we're finding out about it. Right. And and it, st- and it ends with him still not being taking responsibility as yeah. a dad. Yeah. He's just like, he, he well, creeps I know he's in, lying. Edward Cullen style, creeps into the kid's room, yes. and like then, you know, re- regurgitates his father's dialogue. Yes. And then just like flies out the window. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? No, that's, that's, what are you going to do about this? Fucking Jerry Springer showed up. You are the father. <laughs> 
So how are we going to take care of this? There's uh, yeah. some fucking well, child saving him is doesn't count as child find support. Find out in the sequel when Superman returns again for the <laughs> third time. Superman re-returns. <laughs> Superman unturns and then re-returns again. Oh my god. Uh do you have uh any uh any other notes mm, on this? Not that can't be talked about in the next segment. Okay. Mm. So would you recommend Superman Returns? <laughs> Let's say it this way. <laughs> Of all of the Superman films that there are, if you've already seen the first two, I, I like Man of Steel. I have a soft spot for Man of Steel. I think Kevin a lot Costner of things are right. Is my so- Kevin Costner and uh, he's great. What's his What's her name that plays Ma Kent? Oh yeah, uh, uh, so- not Sally Fields. No. Diane Keaton. Diane Diane Lane. Diane Lane. Diane Lane and Kevin Costner to me are the best parts of Man of Steel. Yeah, I agree. I wish that it was just a movie of him learning well, his his lineage. I don't know. And- it's got- it's got a really good villain in General Zod, Michael Shannon. <laughs> who, what are you laughing about? I'm serious. Who doesn't get shot in the back of the head? He's at great. This no. You, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I got to think. Let me sit down. Hold on. Let me sit Hold down. Hold on. One second. Wait. Don't break my neck. Uh, <laughs> uh, bad choices all over that film, but um, there's a lot to like about that one. Did you know Amy Adams auditioned for the Lois Lane role in That's this right. movie? That's right. I saw that. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I should have based great. on the fact that I don't like her as Lois Lane in the later films. Really, you I don't? Think that I think a, she would have been. I think she would have been great here. I'm trying to think of what she was like. Uh, the first film I saw her in was um, Catch Me If You Can. She's in that Spielberg. Oh, movie. okay. She has a little Which bit I role. Still haven't seen. We will see that. That will be on an episode of this editing bay sometime. Uh, but uh, she would have been better than Kate. Bo- Kate Bosworth. Why? Why is Kate Bosworth in this film? I don't know. You want to talk about a weak link. Like One of these things is she, not like she the is others. Not, she's not the strongest performer. No. She definitely got the job. I read about this. That she got the job because Kevin Spacey uh, recommended her to Brian Singer because mm-hmm. they had just done Beyond the Sea. Uh, and I, I think she played... Um, she's not bad. Sa- Sandra D. She's fine. Yeah. She's just not Lois Lane. She's not. She's, she's not who you think of. She's, she's kind of a... Yeah, how, how do I put this? She, she's like an accessory that fits. It works in a room, but it's not the best part of the room. She doesn't own that role the way yeah. you want somebody. Because like Margot Lane, Kidder was yeah. a force of fucking nature. It's hard to in top those that. Super, Superman movies. Absolutely. Um, I I think I would recommend this movie. I think it, so. It, it is. It's by far not the worst Superman film. Do you like it better than Man of Steel? Uh, <sighs> yeah, I know, right? That's a t- I think I do. I think I kind of do. I think I kind of do. I prefer that Superman than I do. I think it's the fact Snyder's. that we had so many good elements going for this movie, but the fact that it's still underdelivered keeps it from being a good superhero film or a good yeah. Superman film. Yeah. Uh, I, but I don't know. It, like, it's not even a very memorable movie. It, once you get like a, I, I guarantee you, when we get a few days away from this, oh. It's going to be right out this year. All I remembered was the first half of the film. That's why I was so perplexed when I was like, why do we have an hour runtime left? Sure. This movie's almost over, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Uh, all right, so what did Superman Returns do right? I think it had just the right amount of nostalgia, hit just the right notes, winked its eye at the audience for all the things you want to see in a Superman movie, had seen when you were a kid. It's really for our generation, and they're trying to introduce it to a new generation. I don't know how it's... Well... I guess we do know how successful that was because there was no follow-up to this. Right. This was meant to kickstart the franchise again, mm-hmm. um, and it was, a, it was a one and done. Sure. But for me, between the music and the updated visuals, the updated special effects, the, the, our way of storytelling, and Brian Singer, say what you will about the man, he does have some good films in him. Usual Suspects was great oh, coming out of the rock. Oh yeah, and this has some good moments. You know, I keep going back to the the plane crash on the on the the best the the football field. 
baseball, baseball. field. Diamond. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Whatever. Not a sports person. That, that scene has a great flow to it. And in a way that only a good filmmaker can kind of foresee mm-hmm. and capture all the right pieces and have all the right notes. When he walks onto that plane and asks everybody, you know, everyone's like, he's like, are you okay? He looks are around, right? but then zeroes in on oh, Lois Lane. Is everybody Lane. okay? And then zeroes in on Lois. And she's are like, okay? are you okay? And for a moment, it's just the two of them. And even everybody else around them is kind of like looking over <laughs> at her. Like, why is he talking to you? Like, they're very lucky that she was on this plane. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, no shit. Um and then when he walks off and the crowd goes wild and I get chills. And then that last shot, the button on that scene is Lois Lane looking up and then passing out. And that's, that's that uh, shot sliding. of her sliding into frame down <laughs> yes. the thing as she's unconscious. That was great. Did you notice that uh, they they lifted when he's at the Daily Planet and he sees the newspaper that has the why uh, we don't need Superman right. article? Yeah. The picture for that article is a shot of him. At the baseball stadium, looking up at the jumbotron, or looking up basically. Oh, that's cool! From the airplane and flying away, and I'm like, so the the picture for this headline was taken a year after the the, the newspaper <laughs> article was written. Oh yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> the, that's it was really interesting. I was like, I know this image, and I went back and like and replayed that's the it. One, huh? Like, that's what they used. <laughs> wow. Oops. You couldn't have just taken a different still shot of him. Come on. Uh, what, I think it's funny that. Um, the one kid with a, a camera on his cell phone because this movie came out one year prior to the iPhone being released. Oh, sure. Like, it's such a novelty. Oh, like, yeah. Nobody has pictures of this thing except <laughs> this six-year-old kid with his flip phone. I do love that, you know, Perry Perry White, who we didn't even really touch on, played yeah. by the wonderful Frank Langella. Yeah, Skeletor. Uh, and, and Nixon. Yes. Uh, but he he's, like, laying out these pictures. He's like, look at these photos. Holy, and they were taken by a kid, a 12-year-old kid with his cell phone. Mm. What do you got, Jimmy? <laughs> She's got this picture. It's just Blurry. a blur. Over. It's like a fly. That was pretty funny to me. Yeah. Uh, no, I what you said. How you know it plays? I think wonderfully on the nostalgia of Superman. That's where you know it kind of shines the most. Which, like I said, I didn't expect that. I thought those would be the grown worthy moments, and that I would have enjoyed where it would like take off. Yeah. in some originality from there <laughs> because off. I liked what Brian Singer brought to the X Men franchise. Mm-hmm. Like what his additions were, and I thought that was going to be the same thing here, and it wasn't. Uh, I also think that this film is amazingly cast. I mean, you got Kevin Spacey for the most part, uh, Brandon Ruth, James Marsden, Sam Huntington, Frank Langella, like we mentioned, Parker Posey, Parker Posey, and even Kate Bosworth is pretty good here. This cast, this cast, is competent. Yes. The problem is, and I'll get into this next bit. Uh, the uh, no, I won't. I won't do that. But I'll also talk about John Ottman. Okay. Who's composed the score, but also the editor. I know. So that's someone who understands like the, the beats of the story. Absolutely. And is having to compose. John Ottman also scored and edited the X-Men films. He does it for all of his films, I believe. And it's, he, in, especially X2, definitely benefits from that. Um, what did Superman Returns do wrong? <laughs> nice. I, I was waiting for that moment. <laughs> Can't talk about this movie without that. Great soundbite. Um all of the things I said that I liked about it, those homages, those those look backs, those little hints that, that remind you of, of uh, what you loved about Superman are also its detriment because it never has an opportunity to become its own thing. It's so dependent on, oh, we got to cast somebody who feels like Christopher Reeves. Oh, we have to follow the, the, the story beats. Uh, we have to have all the little nods. We have to have all the sayings, you know, um, truth, justice, the American way. Yeah. Uh, it's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Superman. I like that Perry played off that. He's like, does he still stand for truth and justice, justice and, all, and that all that stuff? stuff. Yeah, uh, which I remember at the time. 
I think Drudge Report was like, new Superman film is un-American. <laughs> Doesn't have the balls to say. <laughs> Seems like something Fox News would say. Um, but I think it wants so badly to be the third sequel to the first two Superman films yeah. that it, it wears it on its sleeve, and it's a little sycophantic, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. The direction uh, and the lack of creativity when it came to the script... Uh, especially when it needed to stand on its own, when it needed to do its own thing, uh, was definitely what this movie did wrong. It's the most <laughs> depressing and slow Superman film. Like, a, yeah. a movie about a man, and I've said this before, a movie about a man that can fly should be fun. Where did the energy from that flashback sequence go? Right? Like, that's where this, like, it's a return to magic and wonder. Like, you know, that watching that first Superman movie and seeing where... Clark Kent is first uh, like discovering his powers and he's running and he's racing the train where he sees like where young Lois Lane sees it. Also, his, Lois Lane's mother in that scene played by Noel Neal on, oh. on the train. Uh, so a little bit seeing that and feeling that like, man, this guy could do anything. And this is I, I believe a man can fly like that's what's supposed to be magical and fun about Superman. And they had every opportunity to recapture that and do that here. Mm-hmm. And they failed. Well, it the, wasn't fun. It's the problem. Every time they're forced to, to, to do something original and put their own thing into it, it's never as entertaining as the, the callbacks. Sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So if we were going to remake Superman Returns, yeah. how would we do that, Joel? Uh, well, let me get, just get this out of the way and say I almost started doing a um, uh, Now You See Me. Sort of recast. Oh wow! Uh, but I couldn't make everybody fit in there. But uh, there's there's a fun way. So I, I got some of the cast in there, as you'll see as we read. Okay. Uh, but I recast eight. Okay. For my if you just cast Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, <laughs> there was uh, there was a temptation to do that. Woody Harrelson, since he had already been done. Uh, I have a theme. Oh, I have a straight up theme great. as well. So I guess we can go back and forth. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Sure. All right. Uh, we want to start with Martha Kent. I would. Uh, yeah, let's start with Martha Kent. She doesn't have a lot of screen time. How sure. about Betty White? Betty White's good. How about uh, Glenn Close? Glenn Close is fantastic. Yeah. All right. So I'm, I'm going to go with Kitty Kowalski. All right. Let's do the, her. Uh, the Parker Posey character. Got it. Played by Zoe Saldana. Ooh, that's... Ooh, well, let's see. Okay. Uh, wait, who's your, who's your pre- mother? It's pretty easy once you get... Glenn Close. Oh, okay. Well, I'm already on you. Here we go. Boom. Yep. Um, this was a Jenna's pick. She said Uma Thurman. And uh, while good. maybe a little old, I think she could be contemporary I don't think, with Yeah, I don't think she needs to be young. Like a trophy wife, right? Sure. Yeah, and I like her. I think she could have some spunk to her character while still being kind of an airhead. <laughs> spunk. <Yeah. laughs> uh, who's next? How about uh, Jimmy Olsen? Jimmy Olsen. You know what? I didn't even touch on really Sam Huntington, who I adore, man. Yeah. I love that kid. That, that I think he's a good actor. He's very natural. Uh, I, I like him in almost everything he's in. I love Detroit Rock City. Uh, he was in a movie called Jungle to Jungle with Tim Allen. Hmm. Uh, but uh, I remember that. He's also in a film called Fanboys. About oh, a he's in that, that one? Yeah, he's in that movie. Coming soon he's to an episode a, of the I think he's day. so funny. He's a good actor. And, and I kind of, every time I happen to see him in something, I'm just like, good for you, Sam Huntington. I'm rooting for you, buddy. Uh, Did you like him in this? I liked him in this. I he, thought see, he bugged me in this I, because I thought of all the characters, he was almost a little too cartoony. Yeah, like nobody else went that far with it. I and lo- he's kind of like mugging and Clark Kent. I loved where the power went out, and he's like telling everybody, he's like, "Guys, my camera doesn't work. Guys, my camera doesn't work." And then my computer, and then suddenly, like all the electronics work again, and he's like, "I'm good." <laughs> I thought it was a couple really of good well moments done. there. Uh, I just right. think it was directed well. My Jimmy Olsen, played by Sean Gunn. 
Yeah. Oh, that's great. What a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. You want to do uh, Richard White? Who was who was your Jimmy Olsen? Oh. Um, oh, M- Michael Sarah. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> Forgot I hadn't done mine. Like, why don't you tell us? Moving right along. Uh, moving along to who? Perry Richard White. White. Oh, Richard, Richard White. White. The James Marge. White. <laughs> Why are you saying white? Why are you saying that that way? Am I saying what? What way? <laughs> uh, how about Dave Franco in that role? Man, Dave Franco! You have said the name Dave Franco more in just this short year so far. <laughs> you should be in this house. Oh God, twenty four seven. So you call Jenna? <laughs> I make her call me that. Yeah, call no, me Dave. no, you call her Dave. <laughs> I call her James. Dave Franco. Dave's not here. <laughs> uh, my, uh, all right, my Richard White played by Chris Pratt. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. oh, because okay, no. I know what you're doing. Oh, you're cheating. I know what you're doing. <laughs> Am I cheating? Let's do Perry White. Okay. Uh, uh, my Perry White played by Nathan Fillion. Oh, I didn't know what you were doing. Oh, because he does a voice. He does a voice. That's right. Yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah, you're fudging. But I like that a lot. I'm not fudging. He's in the movie. The man, he would be a great Perry White. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, sure. Um, well, first I kind of thought Harvey Keitel. But then I thought, who's, who's an older actor who was maybe in a superhero film before that we could bring back and recycle, bring back into this? Uh, what about the original Batman, Michael, Michael Keaton? Keaton. Michael I thought Keaton. you were going to say Adam West. <laughs> well, he's sadly no longer available. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Michael Keaton's a good choice, man. Thank you. Uh, right. Fun. So that leaves us Lois, Lex, and Superman at this point, you right? You got it. Who do you want to do, Lois? Let's do Lois. Karen Gillan. Yep. Oh, that's perfect, man. Mm-hmm. I went with the Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher. Seeing my my now you see me cast come Just through. Basically, an Amy Adams lookalike at this point. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Without the talent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> dude. Wait, which one's the non-talented one? Uh, oh, come on. Oh. Amy Adams, a fucking Oscar award winner, Amy Adams. Dude, we, we, we both know that just because you won an Oscar doesn't mean that you're talented. No, but she is. Uh, oh, great. I oh, love her. Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Michael Rooker. Yes! Oh my God, the Rook, the Rook, man! That's fucking! Oh, oh, I want to see this film. Oh, That's hell a yeah, great idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went with Woody Harrelson, <laughs> balding Woody Harrelson. You called him earlier. I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went with Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Superman, Clark Kent, the whole yep. franchise. There it is. It hinges on who? Bradley Cooper. Yes, for sir. You, right? That's right. Yeah, I knew it. Mm-hmm. That's good. I like that a lot, man. He's great, and he'll sing. <laughs> the sing. first singing Superman. <laughs> well, uh, I had trouble with this one. Again, Jenna saved me. For a second, I thought, you know, okay, Brandon Routh is tall, and they kind of, he looks a little more, and they were doing it with the TV series. You remember uh, Lois and Clark? Yeah. Where they cast. The, the New Adventures of Superman? That's right. And uh, your Superman was kind of an olive skins, kind of um, Asian American looking, maybe? Yeah, hello. And I was like, you know what? Uh, how about Henry Gould- Golding? That guy from. Um, Crazy Rich Asians. Crazy Rich Asians. He's good. He's tall. He could, he could be the new face of Superman. Yeah. But then Jenna came up with a inspired and, and perfect. Like, you can't get more perfect than Zac Efron. He's yeah. already got the crystal oh, yeah. blue eyes. He's already built. He's got the boyish good looks. Why has he not fucking been cast as Superman? That's true, man. Zac Efron's great. When they do a reboot to the old kind of cartoony or, or traditional Superman. That's mm-hmm. what I want to see. Who uh who's directing yours? Uh, you know, I know J.J. Abrams took a shot at the script before. He was he was a youngin. 
He uh, maybe wasn't as experienced, but he's uh, done great things with the uh, reboots of old mm-hmm. properties, and yeah. uh, I'd like to see his take now. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see James Gunn direct this film. <laughs> of course. Uh, since I've cast all of his Guardians of the Galaxy, folks. Uh, that's right. Guys, if you have any ideas on how you would recast Superman Returns, or just thoughts about the movie in general, if there's anything that we glossed over, I know there's a lot. In this two-and-a-half-hour-long movie, Oof. there are things that we have not touched on that we'd love to hear from you. Your thoughts about this movie, you can go to facebook.com slash editing bay or just in that search bar, put in the editing bay, find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes and click on that. And that's where you could talk back to us uh, and let us know what you thought. If you've got movies that you'd like for us to consider watching in the future, put your suggestions there. We've also got a website, right, Joe? We sure do. It's not the editing bay, dummy. It's not edit bay. It's editing editingbay.com. Please go there. Bookmark it. You're always going to find everything you need to know about the Editing Bay right there. You're going to have uh, links to our social networks, the aforementioned Facebook page. Also, uh, link to our Twitter handle, which is at the Editing Bay. Please follow us there. You'll always be the first to know who uh, or what movie we're talking about on the following week on uh, at the Editing Bay. Also, on our website, uh, we've got uh, links in a little bio there. We've got uh, links to our past episodes in the little episode section there. But you know what? We have a special surprise that happened this past weekend. Usually, I'm saying... Uh, if you subscribe in the RSS feed, you're only getting the most recent 100 episodes. Yeah, dude. But, Thanks, uh, Will, for pointing this out. Yes, we have a development. This just did, in. Did you see why? It was like, man, I got it from like a podcasting monthly newsletter or whatever. Oh, no, let's Where they talked about like the rolling back the, like what was going on with RSS feeds. So now you can get like basically not back to the beginning No, because we have over 265 episodes. But like you go back to like 2017. Yeah, you get it's the most 200 recent episodes now. And uh, all for nothing, right? So if you've been looking for past episodes in a while and you haven't checked, do us a favor. Do a little refresh on your RSS feed. Maybe try to resubscribe again. You're going to have 200 episodes now. Twice the Editing Bay. All that and more on EditingBay.com. Guys, leave us a rating and a review, please, on your podcasting app. Five-star rating would be fantastic. It helps people find us, helps us grow the show, helps us get sponsorships. Uh, And then a little review, like what you think that uh, we do good here on the show. Even if you got criticism... Make it five-star criticism, and, uh, and and we're all good. Uh, we got a new review uh, that was posted on February 20th. Oh. Five-star yes. review. I don't know about this. Uh, by, uh, and, and I'm pretty sure this is, uh, uh, this is Michael Daly. <laughs> <laughs> and I love him for it. Wait till he hears this episode. Each week, Joe and Joel weave a story of wonder and awesome <laughs> when they review and break down a movie that they have, they have to watch. Uh, some of the movies are awesome. Um uh, Others are like, what were the people thinking when they made this? Uh, But each week they do this, and I find myself waiting for them to do the next movie. If you like listening to a good joke, funny sing-alongs, and just a good time, make sure to check out this podcast. Make sure you listen to the recast part. It's so much fun. And make sure to post your recast on their Facebook page. Dude, awesome. Thanks for the review, man. And maybe someday Joel will send you your DVD. <laughs> it's in the mail. See, the dude, like, guys, the dude genuinely likes what we do. I have no idea why. But the dude it. genuinely likes what we do. The fact that we've been holding his DVD hostage, <laughs> still haven't sent it to him, and he's still like, I love this podcast. I like these guys. I'll listen to them. That's how good we are. That's how, that's how good we are. <laughs> or that's how good he is. Yeah, probably more realistic. We were blessed with good listeners. Thanks, man. Unfortunately, they were not blessed with the best show. Uh, I'm kidding. We're awesome. All right, so what are we going to do next week, man? Uh, well, this was my pick and, and also a redo from back in January when I had pre-announced it. So I'm making up for lost time. And uh, yeah, we're in the first week of March now. Mm-hmm. So uh, the honor is... 
to you. The honor goes to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. So I know I threw a couple of options at you before we started recording. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think I'm going to go with the option that I hadn't seen yet. Mm. Uh, So we just came out of Black History Month, and this probably would have been a little bit more appropriate for last last month. Uh, But back in 1990, Denzel Washington and Bob Hoskins were in a movie together. About a racist cop and a and played who, by a Denzel. Play, yes, exactly. It's called Training Day. Uh, no, so Bob Hoskins plays this horrible racist cop, and uh, and Denzel Washington plays a lawyer, and they don't like each other very much. Denzel Washington's character dies in a car crash, nope. and Bob Hoskins' character has a heart attack. Well, turns out Denzel was an organ donor, uh. and he was a match for Bob Hoskins. So Bob Hoskins gets this guy's heart. <laughs> And then, like, start seeing Denzel Washington's oh, no. ghost. <laughs> oh, shit. And they start solving, like, Denzel makes him a better man. And they start solving the crimes together and stuff. And, uh, yeah, we are going to talk about a movie called Heart Condition. Wasn't this movie, uh, didn't it just win the best picture for the Oscars <laughs> yeah. a couple yes. months ago? the Green Book. Oh, Green Book. The Green Book brings <laughs> buyers. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about this movie, Heart Condition. Guys, this is not streaming no. anywhere Shocking. that I know of. Shocking. But, Joe, that you would find <laughs> a movie that's unfindable. You and I... Already have a copy of it. Yeah, thanks, buddy. So, um, but if you could find Heart Condition from 1990, that's what we're going to be talking about next week. Do you awesome. have uh, anything else that you want to talk about before we close this out? God, no. We're an hour 40. Let's wrap that All right, baby up. Well, real quick, before we go, check out the Craniacs podcast. Ryan and Laurel breaking down episodes of Frasier every week. Uh, fun stuff. I am not a fan of Frasier. I've never watched an episode of Frasier, <gasps> and I never have to because Ryan and Laurel... Tell us all we need to know. In fact, they posted a quiz, a Frasier quiz, oh. on their Facebook page. I took it. I got an 83. I got two questions wrong. Wow. And it's just from the information I've gleaned from listening to their podcast. So it's educational. It's absolutely it's edutainment. It's fun utainment. <laughs> you call me? <laughs> so, yeah, Take check out the, the Craniacs podcast. You can check that out on iTunes right now. Uh, Jeff, thank you very much. Yeah. Joel, always a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Guys, we'll see you next week. Up, up and away. Up, up and away, web. <laughs> You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.